Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Susan of Shared Teaching. And today you are listening to episode number 30, where we're talking all about how to set up for Meet the Teacher or an open house. So generally speaking, if you're a brand new teacher, meet the teacher is generally just what it sounds like. It's usually held in the evenings, right before school starts, and it's just a chance for parents to pop in with their child and kind of get over those first day anxiety. So what does their teacher look like? Where's the classroom? They like to figure that out ahead of time. And then open house generally tends to be a little bit more formal at least from my experience. And that usually occurs after you've been in school for a little while and you kind of have a showcase to show parents, here's some of the things we've learned. Maybe you did a really cool project that you're putting on display and parents come and see what the classroom looks like, see what their child's been up to. And that is generally open house. So I'm talking more about the meet the teacher style, which is the back to school before school starts, come and meet your teacher, find your classroom. That's what today's episode is. So before the actual day starts, you really want to get clear on the expectations you're going to have for your meet the teacher event. So this means knowing what your administration expects of you because sometimes they have very clear ideas of what you should be doing, if you should be presenting, what time it's for, and that's going to really help you figure out what you're going to need to prepare. So once you know administration expectations of the day, you can decide if you're going to have a set presentation that you have to get ready or if it's going to be kind of a more free-flowing, parents just kind of pop in, you shake hands, you meet their child, and off they go again. Because a lot of times, parents have multiple students within the school, and so they're having to run around to several different teachers for each of their children to go and meet the teacher. So keep that in mind when you're preparing to kind of make things very streamlined, very easy. You don't want a long line of parents waiting to talk to you. You want it to go very smoothly for yourself where parents walk in, they know what to do if you're busy. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. So the first thing I like to do with everything is probably to create a list. So for this, I'm going to make a must do list. And things on there might be things that I really want to make sure that my classroom is ready for. It might be forms that I want to make sure that I have done and ready to be copied. It might be that I need to set out all the desks. 
Those are the kind of things that are going on this must-do list. So when I think of what I must have done before I'm comfortable with families coming into my classroom, it's that my classroom should look neat and tidy. It doesn't have to be 100% done, ready to go, but for the most part, it is ready for students to come in and be welcomed. And the reason for this is because my school generally likes to have the meet and greet the night before or the Friday before the weekend of school starting. So really my class has to be ready to go no matter what because the following work day is when we're welcoming students. So I don't usually have a lot of time between the two events. So I want to make sure that I have decided how students are going to sit. So what's the classroom desk arrangement going to be? I'm going to have that out and ready to go. I don't generally have name tags ready and done at this point because I like to make sure that the kids that are showing up are the ones that are showing up and I don't like to waste name tags. So I generally don't have name tags ready, which I know is a little bit taboo for a lot of teachers. But what I do instead is I type up all the names in a PowerPoint document using kind of a bubble font that kids can color in. And then I cut those apart and those serve as their temporary name tags the first week of school. And then when I know the students that are there are actually coming, I transfer those to an actual printed name tag. So that's kind of how I like to do it. So on that back to school night for Meet the Teacher, they're grabbing their bubble printed name tag and they're putting it somewhere on a desk. Now that's the other thing you need to decide. You need to decide if you want students coming in and already having a desk assigned to them or if you want to give them a choice to choose their seat. Now there's pros and cons with each way. So the pro for pre-assigning the desk is that you don't have to fiddle with multiple kids in the room at the same time with Meet the Teacher all like running towards the same desk and like fighting over, well, I wanted that seat. You also don't have to deal maybe as much with parents that are like, well, you know, little Johnny here really needs to be in the front row because you have a lot of those parents, it seems like, at Meet the Teacher Nights that are always very preferential about where their child is sitting in the classroom. They want to know they are right up there, right up front in the classroom. So have a clear way of talking to the parents about whether or not that will be allowed. Okay, so if you set them somewhere intentionally, are you going to be allowed going to be allowing parents to choose a different seat or is there a reason why you would not want to rearrange seats so kind of think about those reasons have an idea right up front of how you're going to respond because sometimes when those parents are in the classroom and you're on the spot you can't really come up with valid reasons and you don't want to seem like you're not very strong and in charge, right? You don't want to be a bully necessarily, but you want to make sure that you come across as confident, that you have the answers, and that you can tell parents your decision for one thing over the other. I always like to say, sure, we can move Johnny up front, 
but please be advised if other students are showing the need to also be up front. There's only so many seats, and we do rotate the seats to get them to know each other for socialization. Okay, so maybe have some kind of answer like that on the tip of your tongue, ready to go for Meet the Teacher Night. Okay, along with setting up the desks, you don't have to do this with all the desks, but maybe just pick one. And I like to set out, if there's multiple books in a series for the curriculum, the first unit of each one. So if there's like two volumes of math, I put out the first one and the first one of reading. And then that way, parents like to browse through them and see what their child's going to be learning. And it's also another way to kind of occupy parents. If you're busy having a conversation with someone else, they can go to that setup, they can look through the curriculum, and then when they come back to you, if they have questions, you can respond to them then. Okay, so some of the forms that I like to have prepared ahead of time is a student information sheet. And yes, a lot of the schools have this available already when the parents have registered where you can just print it off and it has the student's name and their address and the allergies and all those kind of things. But I have noticed many, many times that the addresses or phone numbers on file are not current. A lot of times parents don't like to update this information. So they might have moved two times since that kid was in kindergarten and now they're at a totally different address. You're not going to get their mail there. The cell phone, they switched carriers. Now they have a new number. So I like to make sure that parents refill out a form for myself in my own personal classroom that has the student information, their name, contact information, address, allergies, siblings at the school is especially important because you really want to make sure at conference time who has conflicting schedules maybe that you need to work with another teacher about. And also it's nice to know because if Johnny doesn't get picked up on time, is there an older brother or sister in the school that you can kind of connect with and figure out transportation issues that way as well? Because sometimes they've talked to the older sibling's teacher and they forgot to talk to you about it. So that could happen. Okay, other forms might be transportation. So you want to know the first day of school and then after that. A lot of parents want to like personally drop their student off the first day of school, but then they don't have time to do that every single day of the week through the school year. So that is something that might fluctuate and change. So you want to make sure you ask parents what is their transportation that first day and also the rest of that week on going through the school year. A great way to do this form is to make it online. So you can have like a computer station set up and maybe they're just in an Excel sheet or a Google sheet and they're putting their kid's name and then putting a little X under which way they're going to go home the first day and then after that. Then that eliminates a lot of paper on your point, and you can also see very quickly at a glance, if you have it done in a spreadsheet, which children are like bus riders, which ones need to walk home, which ones are waiting to be picked up, and you can easily separate your class into those groups on the first day of school. 
Okay, I also like to ask the office if there's any forms that need to be filled out by parents. Sometimes the office will give them to you ahead of time and you can add that with your collection of forms. Some of the forms might be very similar. So there's a chance that you can have the parents fill it out once and then you can photocopy it so you can have it on hand before you turn it into the office. Things like a student information form, the office might have the parents do. And you don't wanna give them redundant paperwork. So check with their office if there's different papers that they want to send home that you can get up front and have in time for the meet the teacher. The other thing you want to make sure you have is a volunteer form. So I know volunteers might seem a little scary if you haven't really done it or you don't like other people in your classroom, but you're going to want help. And the easiest way to get it is from parents that want to volunteer. And there are so many different ways to volunteer. One of my favorites is when the parents don't come to the classroom, but you might send them like a baggie of materials home to prep for you. This could mean cutting things out of laminate. This past year, I actually sent my laminator, my personal laminator with laminating sheets and the things that needed to be laminated home with a trusted parent. <laughs> and they laminated all, like over 300 sheets of paper for me and brought it back. And now I have that whole center done for the entire year this coming year. So think outside the box. Some parents can do things like that. Maybe their work prohibits them being able to come into the classroom. But small things like cutting apart photocopies or even collating photocopies that you forgot to hit that collate button on the copier, they can do things like that for you. As long as you plan them in enough advance for the parent to finish the activity and get them back to you by the time you need it. Okay. So the other thing that should be on your must-do list before the day starts is you want to see um, what kind of tool you're going to provide the parents to keep their papers organized. So I've seen several Meet the Teacher events where the teacher has provided just a simple two-sided folder, and on one side it's just like the kids return to school folders. They put, you know, return to the teacher, and the other side's keep at home. Unless expensive option is to do just a regular manila file folder and then you can just have parents put the sheets in there just so that it's something that they can hold on to because if they're going to multiple siblings classrooms it's just a nice way to know who gave them what and they can put it in there. You can also do those big gallon Ziploc bags and they can put the papers in that and the thing that I'm doing this year is just a simple manila folder. So, or like a little mailing envelope. So I'm just gonna put a little sticky note on the front of it that says my um, meet the teacher forms. And then I'm going to give them that manila folder to collect all the things. And the last thing you should think about before the actual meet the teacher that's going to be on your must-do list is to figure out whether or not you are going to have station signs. Okay, so for this, you might do, um, like I do the IKEA 4x6 picture frames that have a little stand so they hold themselves up individually. 
And then in that, I just simply slide what they need to do. So one is like sign the forms. Another one might be sign up for class dojo. And a third one might be put your supplies down. So it's just a very clear way to give parents directions. If you are busy talking to somebody else, they can look at these and say, oh, okay, I should do this. And I have this big pile of supplies in my arms and I really want to put them down. What do I do? Well, the little label already tells them, you know, maybe sort them out and they can see different boxes for different supplies. Or what I did one year is literally they just brought me things in large, I kid you not, garbage bags. This was a couple years ago. And they just dragged these garbage bags full of supplies in and I just had them sit them in the bags. I didn't have the, them sort them at all. And I just stayed after the event and I sorted them myself. So if you want to save a step, you can definitely have parents sort it. But if you're not sure where you're going to store anything at that given time, you haven't figured that out before meet the teacher, then it's okay to simply have things piled up in the corner. But keep in mind, only do that if you have time to sort them out before the first day of school with kids begin, because you don't want them tripping all over supplies. You also really need to kind of figure out your supplies, whether you're going to have individual supplies, group supplies, because you have a lot of parents that spent hard-earned money to buy these supplies, and maybe they have cutesy pencil pouches and fuzzy pencil toppers, and I don't know what else. Like, my daughter likes all those things, right? But I don't try to buy them for her classroom because they can be highly distracting. But you always have those students that come in with those over-the-top supplies, like a box of 96 crayons. So again, you're going to have your go-to little mini speech memorized of how you're going to accept supplies. If 96 box of crayons is not acceptable to you, make sure that you have a reply that you can give parents. Be like, wow, this is really great that you supplied these for your student. However, in order to cut down on jealousy issues and wanting to share with other students during these COVID times. We really need to stick with the box of 24 crayons. However, you can take these and use them at home or something like that. So just think of a nice answer that doesn't make parents feel too bad. Hopefully most of them have kept receipts. They can go back and exchange things. Maybe they just didn't know. Maybe they haven't bought supplies before. All kinds of things happen. You never know. So make sure you know about that. And then the other thing I want to come back to is with how your classroom looks. So like I said, it doesn't have to be 100% set up, ready to go, perfect, but maybe you want to make sure that your bulletin boards are semi-done. And semi-done for me means I have the fabric background or the paper background, whatever you choose to use, and the borders. I, at this point, I don't have them labeled if it's a word wall, I don't have it saying word wall. I literally just have the outline and the backing so that it doesn't look like the cheap, you know, brown tack bulletin board or whatever it is you happen to have. I just make sure they're covered and parents don't usually care at all. And then as the school year progresses, I fill up the bulletin boards. Uh, you know, I'm hanging things on them. I'm using them. But for the first day of school, it's usually empty and blank. If I want to have things like the word wall done and at least the letter headings, then I might have that. 
This year I am trying a sound wall instead of a word wall. And my sound wall is going to be a little bit different. I still have to create most of it on the computer. So fingers crossed I can finish that before school starts. And how that's going to look is I'm going to have the common 44 phonograms, but instead of separating it by like vowel valley and the consonants, like I've seen many other bulletin boards, I'm simply going to put them all together. So it's going to be in A through Z order, so alphabetical, and like all the sounds of A are going to be under A and then B and C, and then the vowels are going to be coded, but I'm not going to call them by, you know, voiced diphthong and unvoiced because I don't know. I just, I've never taught that way. I didn't learn it that way. So that one is a little bit of a struggle for me. So if you have an awesome way to do a sound wall, please leave me some notes about it. (laughs) Feel free to email me, susan at sharedteaching.com. I would love to hear some new ideas. I always happy to share because this is shared teaching. So please let me know about sound walls and the benefits of teaching kids knowing exactly the different types, I guess, and what to call them. I don't know. So I'm going to stick a pin in that idea and come back to meet the teacher. Okay, so we thought about before we actually have meet the teacher, all the planning that has to go through before we actually sit down and do the things. So now we're up to during the meet the teacher. So during meet the teacher, you want to make sure again that your classroom is fairly clean. You don't want to have piles laying out. If you do, maybe find a way to shove them underneath something. Put like a little curtain um, across the bottom of a table and you have a pile of things underneath the table just so that it looks neat for when parents come by. Okay, Um, You want to make sure that you are thinking about how you're going to be greeting parents and what you want to be called. So do you want to introduce yourself to parents using your first and last name? Do you just want to be called Miss or Mrs. Teacher? What exactly um, are you going to present yourself as with parents? The other thing you want to think of, again, is the name tag thing. So are you going to have seat choices or not? So let's just start thinking about, okay, it's meet the teacher. It started. You are at the door and the first parent comes in. So you're greeting yourself, and behind you in the classroom, you have your little station signs or some kind of organization set up so parents can kind of walk through smoothly because you will tend to get like rushes of people at the same time. And at one point, you might have, you know, nine or 10 people standing around all wanting your attention. So you have to give them some kind of organization of what they need to do when you are busy and you can't, you don't want to be rude and interrupt all the time the person you're talking to. So that's why I recommend the station signs. And then in the background, if you're not going to give a formal presentation, maybe you have your presentation just kind of looping through. So the parents that come in or they come in late and they miss the slideshow that you did, it's just on a loop so they can stand there and they can read through it, they can look through it. And it's also a good idea for a follow-up to send that same presentation out to parents at the end of the Meet the Teacher. And so we'll come back to that one in just a couple minutes. Okay, 
So you have your supplies figured out. Where are they going to put them? Are they going to sort them themselves? Are you going to sort them after they're gone? Are they just putting individual supplies in a cubby or something? So what are they doing with their supplies? Then you want to make sure that they pick up the correct forms and have a way for them to turn them into you. Usually parents just tend to hand them after they fill them out. So you also want to make sure you have a stack of clipboards if you can and a set of pens so parents can easily fill out the forms and they're not standing around waiting for something to fill out the form because most likely many of them will not have a pen with them. I know that one from experience. Okay, you also want to make sure to understand what classroom communication app you are going to use. My school will only let us use Class Dojo, even though there are several other ones recommended by the school district. So, Class Dojo is what I use. So, I want to make sure that I've set up my account so parents can grab that code and connect, and they can do that the day they come in for Meet the Teacher. They have all the instructions. It's very easy with Class Dojo, they give you a print. A printout sheet that you can do so you can have a stack of the printout there or you can stick it in a page protector parents can read through it and figure out how to sign up so you want to make sure that you give them that opportunity to sign up another thing some teachers might do is to have a picture of the student and having a picture with the parents is really fun too because then you can kind of connect Especially if a parent's picking up the child later in the week, you can be like, oh yeah, that's what Johnny mom or Jad looks like. Or grandma, if grandma brought him to, you know, meet the teacher, then you can easily remember because I don't know about you, but I'm horrible with names and faces. So having just that little extra um, will really help. And what goes even further is if you kind of print it out, even on regular paper and send home that picture to families afterwards they will really appreciate that too, especially if they don't have very many photos of family members. You can also send the photo through Class Dojo, but as a parent on the Class Dojo side, it's very hard to then download that picture. So email maybe and attach the photo might be the best way if they're wanting to download and keep the picture. Okay, if you're gonna do that though, make sure that there's no other kids in the background, it's just that family. I personally am going to this year try taking a picture of all the students. And I've done this in the past, but I've kind of skipped it lately because I have been teaching virtually and then we were not in person for a while. So this year I'm going to bring it back again. And I usually like to do it on the first day of school. I just line up all the students with their name tags on and one at a time I take their picture. And then that picture can go on a variety of things. It also serves as a reminder to me who's who and I can start learning those names. I like to put them all on a page together so I have a visual of their picture with their name. A lot of times the school registration site that we use for our our grades and our attendance does not have an updated school picture. So that's a really good way to see what the kid looks like. And they might have changed pretty drastically since the last time they had a school picture too. Okay, so taking pictures. And then the last thing I have is to decide if you're gonna do a wish list. I recommend this because you never know, and some parents might be feeling pretty generous. So I just make it super simple. I put 
one item that I want on an individual sticky note and I just put a variety of the sticky notes on my whiteboard and I just say take one say wish list take one so I just make it super simple you can make it a little bit more complicated but the easier the better in my book so a little sticky note and you want to ask for things that are maybe not very common Okay. or things that you know you always run out of. So maybe you're always running out of pencils. You might put pack of pencils. And if you need more than one pack, then maybe you have two or three sticky notes that say that. I like to ask for the unusual. So I'm thinking about science experiments I'm doing through the year. What kind of things do I need for these science experiments? Maybe I need balloons. Maybe I had a science experiment from this previous year that we did that involved pop rocks. So I had a parent that volunteered to bring pop rocks for that science experiment. So think about things that maybe not expire too quickly, things that are coming up in your curriculum that are needed. Maybe those large popsicle sticks or craft sticks. Those are all great things to put on your wish list because there's things that parents don't necessarily think about donating, but they can be very simple and inexpensive to pick up especially if a parent wants to get something for you, they don't know what to get, this is a great way to show them. Okay, so we thought about laying out our forms or how to put the supplies together, signing up for the classroom communication app, maybe getting a picture of the kids, a wish list, how's that slideshow going in the background, how are your parents calling you and referencing you? Are you, want, are you okay with being called by your first name? Or do you just simply want to go by your last name? Are you allowing for kids to choose their own seats? And then the last thing I have for during that day is to make sure you have a notebook or maybe a little stack of post-it notes in your hand. And the reason for this is because you might have a huge influx of parents coming and they leave and you're like, oh my gosh, what did Johnny's grandma just tell me about? And maybe you've forgotten that quickly. I know I have. And then it's embarrassing because you're like, um, they, they come back later and they say, well, I told you, well, you didn't remember it. Too much other things were going on. You were stressed, right? So make sure you have something where you can record those quick notes parents are telling you in passing that are going to become important later on, but maybe they're not important in that moment. Okay, so think about that. And then the other thing is gifts. So I know a lot of teachers like to provide some kind of gift for parents to pick up during the meet and greet, maybe it's a bag of popcorn with a cute saying or bag of candy or something. I honestly don't bother. I never have in all these years of teaching. And I haven't had any parents complain or we didn't have good relationships because of it. So to each their own. I, it's a great idea. It's a cute idea. I just never have time to be you know, making the labels, sticking them on things, passing them out, whatever it is. Um, actually I take that back one year. I think I went to the grocery store and just bought a little package of like 24 bakery cookies or something. And then I just had that package opened and then they could grab a cookie. So it was like a little refreshment table, but I normally never do that. And I think at that time, I think I had time between when the event started and me being finished and ready for parents to go and grab that at the nearby store. So that's an option too. 
Although lately with how things are going, you might want to have something that's individually wrapped if that's your preference to give something out. And like I said, don't feel pressured or that it's necessary because you're seeing it all over social media right now. You do what's comfortable for you because what you're doing in your classroom and during your meet the greet is meet the greet, (laughs) meet the teacher, is setting the stage for how you're going to be running things throughout the school year. And if that's not your expectation that on events the parents come, you're going to have refreshments, then don't do it that first night. Because if they come to an open house and then maybe they come to conferences, they might be expecting that same level. Like, oh, last time she gave us these really great treats and bags and I got a special cup. I don't even know. But just keep that in mind as you're going forward. Okay. Last but not least, you are done with your meet the teacher night. What do you do now? Well, obviously you're going to clean up before you go home. (laughs) If you have time and you're not too tired, it's not really late at night. But a really nice thing to do would be to do a follow-up email with the parents that were able to show. And this can just be taken from the sign-in sheet that you have, which I think I forgot to mention, but you really want to make sure one of your forms is a sign-in sheet. My school requires some kind of verification of attendance for events the parents come to. So they actually want us to photocopy that and give it to them, and that sits in our teaching portfolio that we're then later evaluated on. So make sure you have a sign-up sheet. And plus, it's just nice to know who came and be able to count up like, wow, I had like... 16 out of my 25 parents come. That's amazing. And you can kind of get a feel for how many parents might be active and coming or which ones need the follow-up information. Okay, so try to send them an email. I say email because it gives you a record that you reached out and talked to them. And then you want to make sure you also note that wherever you put your parent communication notes because that's also going to come really handy as you go throughout the year. Well, how many times did you talk to that parent? Did you have a positive interaction before you had that negative interaction? So make sure that you are documenting that. And then because you had the sign-in sheet, you know now that you did the follow-up thank you emails, you can also do the follow-up I'm so sorry I missed you emails. And this is where you can attach the slideshow that you presented And if you want to step it up a notch, you could also record yourself in a very short, like maybe five minute video, just saying, I'm so sorry we missed you at tonight's Meet the Teacher event. My name is, and I'm so excited to have you coming to my classroom. This is what you missed, and this is what you can expect on the first day. And just a very cute, short video if you would like, or you could just type up that information You could also do a voice memo. I've done that before and sent just an audio clip to people. You can do that, I believe, in... I don't know if it's Class Dojo, to be honest. I'm drawing a blank now. It might have been the Remind app that allows you to do a voice memo. So you can do those kind of things, and just it's just a nice touch to reach out to parents. A lot of parents might be busy during that time. Maybe they didn't get enough notice. I know my school just sent out the notice today about the Meet the Teacher, which is in three days. 
So not a lot of time for parents to rework their work schedule because it is during the day, not in the evening. So just keep that in mind. And I hope this really helps you have a nice, smooth meet the teacher or open house, depending on what you're doing. And I would love to hear if you've tried any of these tips or you have some additional ones you want to share. Feel free to reach out. If you leave a review on iTunes, you can also put the notes there as well if you had things you wanted to add. When the blog post is up for this episode, you can also leave a comment on the blog post, which is at sharedteaching.com forward slash podcast, and you can find it there under Meet the Teacher. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Bye. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching. Hitting that subscribe button. And leaving us a review on iTunes. So we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast.